Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. This week, we're going to be talking about the debut of The Exorcist Believer as it takes the number one spot, and as we get ready for Taylor Swift to take over the box office this upcoming Friday. But let's jump right into the top 10 movies at the box office this past weekend, and the number one movie was The Exorcist Believer. The numbers went down a little bit as the weekend went on, even from the estimates that came out on Sunday morning, a final figure of $26,497,600 for that number one film. We'll talk more about it in just a few minutes. In second place was last week's champion, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. It dropped about 50% for an $11.3 million weekend and a $38.4 million total. Saw X drops 57.2% in weekend two for a $7.8 million weekend total. Honestly, for a horror film, anything less than 60%, I think is a win as far as a weekend to weekend drop. $32.2 million domestic total for that film so far. In fourth place is The Creator, a 55.6% drop. And unlike Saw X, this is not a good hold for a movie that I think really needed word of mouth in order to try to salvage some sort of a success story. $6.2 million, a $25 million domestic total. This is one of those movies that I just sit back and say... I don't get it. Obviously, most people didn't connect to it the way that I did. I really, really enjoyed this movie, but the audience is showing next to no interest in going to see it, and it doesn't even look like it's going to be one of those masterpieces that didn't do well, like Blade Runner 2049. It seems like most people just didn't really like this movie that much. Oh, well. I did. Staying in fifth place is the Duck Dynasty movie, The Blind, dropping just 26.5% from last weekend for a $3.2 million total. Its domestic total is now over $10 million through two weekends. A Haunting in Venice stays in sixth place, a good hold in week four, 25.7%. A little bit too late, though, for that film. A $2.6 million weekend total and a domestic total at $35.6 million. The Nun 2 drops out of the top five to number seven, dropping 45.7% from last weekend, a $2.604 million weekend total, and its domestic total is now at over $80 million. Dumb Money drops 36.1% for a $2.1 million weekend total. Its domestic total now just over $10.6 million. As I've said, basically every week I've talked about Dumb Money, I just don't think these are the results that they were hoping for, either in its limited release or as it platformed out to wide release. There just doesn't seem to be that much audience interest in going to see this movie. The Equalizer 3 falls to number 9 in its sixth week with a 33.3% drop and a $1.8 million total. Its domestic total now around $88.8 million. And Hocus Pocus gets a theatrical release and a top 10 finish, bringing in $1.6 million over the weekend. Dropping out of the top 10 this weekend are two films, Barbie, which was in the top 10 for 11 weeks, and then Expendables 4, or Expendables, which was in the top 10 for two weeks. And really, it kind of makes sense for these two movies to drop out of the top 10 together, because Expendables 4 is sort of like Mojo Dojo Casa House the movie. Barbie had an 11-week run in the top 10, which is one of the better runs in recent memory. Top Gun Maverick had the best run in the last couple years. It was in the top 10 for 21 weeks. Avatar The Way of Water was in the top 10 for 15 weeks. Puss in Boots The Last Wish and Minions The Rise of Gru were both in the top 10 for 13 weeks apiece. And then Barbie ties the mark set by Black Panther Wakanda Forever with its 11-week top 10 run.
Looking at the movies that lost the most theaters this past weekend, Expend Four Balls leads the way, losing 1,700 theaters, about half of its theater count. You can tell that theaters were contractually obligated to keep it for two weekends because they got rid of it as soon as they could. The same can be said with It Lives Inside. It dropped 1,581 theaters, leaving just 246 theaters playing the movie nationwide. My Bit Fat Greek Wedding 3 continues to shed theaters. It dropped 691 theaters. It is now out of wide release. Release, with 783 theaters remaining. The Equalizer 3 shed 658 theaters. It's now in about 1,500 nationwide. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem also falls out of wide release. It lost 580 theaters this past weekend to remain in 424 theaters around the country. Let's look at what I like to call the road to recovery, where we compare the weekend totals for this year. This would be the dotted black line that you see there. The combined weekend averages of 2021 and 2022 as theaters were reopening, and then the combined weekend average for 2015 through 2019, the five years preceding the pandemic. And you can see that after a spike last weekend, largely led by the fact that we had some new movies entering the marketplace, we dipped down below not just where we were pre-pandemic, but also where we have been since theaters have been reopening. Of course, this weekend was supposed to be the launch of Craven the Hunter, which was pushed off of its release date due to the writers and actor strikes. That doesn't necessarily mean that it would have set the box office on fire, but I think we would have had a better box office weekend than we did before. And this first weekend of October has actually been used to launch some pretty big movies since 2015. The Martian launched on this weekend back in 2015. Blade Runner 2049 launched on this weekend back in 2017. In 2018, Venom and A Star is Born both opened on this weekend. And in 2019, Joker opened. So it's not like this isn't a weekend where audiences are conditioned to go to the movies. They just didn't particularly care to go see The Exorcist Believer this weekend. And you can see when you look at the top grosses for these time frames, Joker had the highest earning weekend for the 2015 through 2019 window. And Venom Let There Be Carnage two years ago actually opened at a pretty respectable number, especially given the fact that theatrical recovery was very very much still in its early days. Let's look now outside of the domestic marketplace at the international market. This is all countries outside of the United States and Canada. The number one movie internationally is The Exorcist Believer at $17.8 million. Close behind is China's Under the Light at $17.2 million. Then we have Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie at $14 million. The X-Files 4 Marriage Plan from China at $13.4 million. And rounding out the top five is The Creator at $10.8 million. When you take those international growth you combine them with the domestic grosses, we get our top five films worldwide. And The Exorcist Believer is also the top movie around the world at $44.3 million. Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie drops 44.8% worldwide from last weekend for a $25.3 million total. Under the Light drops 68.4%. Not surprising because it was a big holiday weekend in China. We often see these very front-loaded weekends when movies open. $17.2 million for Under the Light. The creator holds a little bit better world worldwide than it did domestically, a 47.4% drop in a $17 million total. And Saw X hits the worldwide top five this weekend. It dropped 51.4% from last week for a $14.2 million. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! 
Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Dollar total. So let's talk about some of the movies that are in the domestic top 10, and we will start with The Exorcist Believer, which opened to over $26 million. When you look at it compared to the movie's budget, which was reportedly around $30 million, that's not terrible. But when you think about the fact, and I mentioned this in my review of the film, that Universal paid $400 million for the rights to make new Exorcist movies. They didn't get the rights to the old Exorcist films. This was just to make new Exorcist movies, to do things like uh, Exorcist Exorcist mazes at Halloween Horror Nights and new franchise opportunities, well, that doesn't look like such an impressive figure. Of course, it can lay claim to the highest opening weekend for an Exorcist sequel. There isn't actually data for how much the original Exorcist film made on its opening weekend back in 1973, but we do know how the sequels turned out, and at $26.4 million, The Exorcist Believer is the highest opening for any sequel to The Exorcist, and second place is Exorcist The Beginning back in 2004, which opened to eight. $18 million. 1990s The Exorcist 3 is in third place at $9.3 million. Then you go all the way back to 1977 and Exorcist 2 The Heretic, which opened to $6.7 million. And then Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist, which was Paul Schrader's recut version of his original version of Exorcist The Beginning, which was taken away from him and given to director Rennie Harlan. Schrader's version opened in limited release to $138,000 back in 2000. And when you see releases splashed out across decades like that, well, you know what we're going to do. We're going to put this in a little bit of historical perspective. And yes, while Exorcist the Believer does go down in the record books as the highest opening Exorcist sequel, you can see from these inflation-adjusted numbers that audiences actually showed up to both Exorcist 2 The Heretic and Exorcist The Beginning in greater numbers than they did The Exorcist Believer. Adjusted for inflation, Exorcist 2 The Heretic opened to $34.1 million back in 1977. Exorcist The Beginning in 2004 opened to $29.3 million. Then we have The Exorcist Believer at $26.4 million, just ahead of The Exorcist three at 21.8 million and then dominion prequel to the exorcist at just over two hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. so really there has never been a sensational amount of audience interest for an exorcist sequel some of them have succeeded a little bit more than others there's really only one of them that's considered by most people to be good and that's the exorcist three which even then is considered to be kind of an underappreciated gem and so this idea of paying 400 million dollars for the franchise rights is pretty crazy to me. You have to remember that this deal was done back in 2021 when all of the different services were trying to outstream and outbid each other for every little scrap of intellectual property they could find. And I really do think that in no other era would the rights to make Exorcist movies have sold for as high as they did, but every single studio and every single company was pitted against each other to get rights to these things. And so you had this insane price that was put on the Exorcist intellectual property. We'll see what happens next. I don't anticipate that this movie is going to leg out very well. It may do well or at least recoup the money in regards to this movie's $30 million budget, but it's not going to do much to make back that $400 million that Universal shelled out. So we'll see what their plan is going forward with the next movie or two movies or however many they decide to make.
One big question is going to be who will be at the helm of these next Exorcist movies. It was reported perhaps that director David Gordon Green, who just did the Halloween trilogy and did this first movie, The Exorcist Believer, could be in line to direct those movies, although he said that no decisions have been made yet. But let's look at David Gordon Green's top opening films. And this is quite an interesting group of films. It is, of course, led by Halloween in 2018. Then you take a step down to Halloween Kills in 2021. Halloween opened to 76.2 million. Halloween Kills opened to 49.4 million. Then we have last year's Halloween Ends, which opened to less money than Halloween Kills, even though theatrical recovery was in a much stronger place a year after Halloween Kills opened. So Halloween Ends opens at just over $40 million. And then we have The Exorcist Believer at $26.4 million. And then in fifth place, of course, is Pineapple Express from 2008 with $23.2 million. So we do not see escalating interest interest in David Gordon Green as a horror movie director, actually quite the opposite. Every single horror film that he's directed has opened lower than the previous one, but there is something that David Gordon Green seems to be very enthusiastic about that he is carrying over across all genres, and that is half faces. When you look at all of these posters, there's a lot of profile shots, there's a lot of half faces or faces half cut off, and really, when you combine the posters for The Exorcist Believer and Pineapple Express, this looks like kind of an odd couple rom-com. Maybe this is where David Gordon Green should go next. Don't try to make a straight-up sequel to The Exorcist. Spin it off into a new genre. Get Seth Rogen back on board. Who knows? I mean, it really couldn't go much worse than this last film did, at least not in my opinion. Saw X is also still hanging around the top five, and let's see where this latest installment ranks when we look at the franchise as a whole. Saw X has now passed the domestic grosses of both Spiral from the Book of Saw and 2009's Saw 6, and it's not too far behind 2017's Jigsaw. So let's see, once it passes Jigsaw, how much further up this chart it can climb. When you look at the Saw domestic grosses adjusted for inflation, Saw X is still only above Spiral from the Book of Saw, but it is approaching. 2009's Saw 6, and if it can get to that $50 million mark, it will also pass Jigsaw. And then looking at the worldwide box office total, Saw X is at about $43.5 million. Again, it has passed Spiral from the Book of Saw. The question is, how much further up this chart can it go? Can it break that $100 million mark worldwide? We've got a lot more to break down about the box office this weekend, but before we do, I want to thank the sponsor for this week's show. Today's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. There's a chill in the air and the leaves are beginning to fall, which means that if you're running a business or planning to send holiday gifts to loved ones, it is time to start thinking about holiday shipping. I know they will be here before you know it and you don't want to get caught unprepared. Stamps.com has been helping people and businesses like you save time and money for 25 years and it can help you get ready for the steadily increasing shipping that comes with the holidays. Stamps.com is your own personal post office where wherever you are, because all you need is a computer and a printer. Plus, with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can have a post office on the go, on the go. You can easily schedule pickups on your Stamps.com dashboard or on the app, as well as order all of your shipping supplies. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Using Stamps.com, you can also get huge carrier discounts, up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates to help your bottom line, and they'll help you find the cheapest and best shipping option for you. And you don't have to fight any holiday crowds or spend hours waiting in Line because your post office is right at your fingertips 24 hours a day. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Be prepared for the holiday rush and get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code MERL 
for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MERLE. Let's take a look now at the top five films ranked by per theater average. How much money did these movies make in each individual theater in which they played? And the number one film is a movie that is credited as A24's first musical. It's called Dick's the Musical. It made $31,552 per theater in just seven theaters. That is one of the better per theater averages for the year, although not one of the top five. The Exorcist Believer was far behind at $7,200 $34 per theater in 3,663 theaters. The agriculture documentary Common Ground stays in third place, bringing in $5,538 per theater in six theaters. What Doesn't Float, which was on one of these charts earlier, just a couple weeks ago, is still in one theater and made $3,984 in that one theater, enough to make this chart. And then we have Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, which made $2,814 in each of its 4,000 and 27 theaters. Looking at the top films in limited release, so these are movies playing in 1,000 theaters or fewer. The re-release of the Talking Heads concert film Stop Making Sense is still making a lot of money at the box office. It is tops once again when you look at limited release with $423,000 in just over 500 theaters. In second place is She Came to Me playing in 355 theaters. It made $360,000. She Came to Me stars Peter Dinklage as a struggling opera writer and Hathaway is his wife and Marissa Tomei is his new muse playing in 267 theaters and in third place is the film The Royal Hotel which made $331,000 it's a movie about two young women who travel to work at a remote bar in Australia in fourth place is Dick's the Musical playing in just seven theaters but it's total gross across those seven theaters adds up to $220,000 and then in fifth place is a movie called When Evil Lurks not a particularly impressive debut when you look at the per theater average, but it was able to muster $205,000 in 659 theaters. It is from Argentinian director Damien Rugna, and it is about demonic possession taking over a small town. Lots of buzz around this. I've heard that it is a great little sleeper horror film. It will be on Shutter soon if it's not playing in a theater near you. Interestingly, there's one movie that didn't make this list that I thought very well would have, or actually it's a short film. It's called Strange Way of Life, and it's from director Pedro Amadovar you would think that with that name recognition it would be enough to make it in the top five it was in a similar number of theaters as the rest of these other ones but it did not make the top five films in limited release perhaps people didn't want to shell out money to see a short film or people just didn't know it was playing but this is a movie that I very much thought would be here in this top five but was not Many of these films that I talked about in limited release are playing in the numerous independent theaters that are scattered around the country that play indie films, blockbusters that are not part of a major chain and that often rely on memberships and patronage and donations to stay running. I think they are part of the lifeblood of cinema here and around the world. And so I like to feature one theater here on the show most weeks. And if these theaters take donations, then 10% of the ad revenue from this particular episode or the episode in which the theater is featured will be donated to that theater. And this week I am talking about the Texas Theater in Dallas, Texas, which opened in 1931 to provide state-of-the-art movies to the Dallas area and was most famous for being the first theater in the city to have air conditioning until 1963 when a man named Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested there shortly after shooting John F. Kennedy, the President of the United States, on November 22nd. 
The theater was remodeled after that, but was restored back to its original condition by Oliver Stone for his film JFK. However, a series of incidents, including bankruptcy and a fire, caused the theater to close several times in the 1990s and become run down. But it was rescued by the Oak Cliff Foundation in the early 2000s, and in 2010, the Texas Theater reopened for regular operations while recently undergoing a multi-million dollar renovation to seat 670 patrons downstairs and another 165 in its upstairs theater. This week, you can catch Pedro Almodovar's short film, Strange Way of Life, along with his 2020 short film, The Human Voice, as well as the Talking Heads concert film, Stop Making Sense. And on Saturday, Halloween classics Psycho and Bride of Chucky will also be screening. Later this month, you can also see Killers of the Flower Moon, Scream, Nosferatu, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and many more. To check out more about the Texas Theater, including its rich and detailed history and showtimes, you can go to texastheater.com. And if you end up catching a movie there, be sure to tell them, as always, that Dan sent you. All right, let's take a look now at some numbers for the season and the year, and we'll look first at what I like to call the fall holiday box office chart. This is everything from Labor Day till the end of the year, and right now, The Nun 2 remains the highest grossing film of the fall at $81 million. That may well change by next week, depending on how Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour movie opens. Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, moves up to second place at $38.4 million. A Haunting in Venice drops down to third place. Saw X moves up to fourth place and my big fat greek wedding three drops down two spots to fifth place the exorcist believer enters the chart at number six the creator stays at number seven expendables four stays at number eight javon drops three spots to number nine dumb money drops one spot to number 10 and the blind drops off the list however it is very close to overtaking the domestic total of dumb money so we could well see the blind rejoin this top 10 in the future there is no change at the 2023 annual domestic box office, and I don't think we'll see much change for a while. Barbie, of course, is still number one for the year. Its current domestic total sits at $634.3 million as it nears the end of its box office run. The Super Mario Brothers movie is at $574.9 million, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse sits in third place at $381.3 million. Then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at number four. Oppenheimer, which along with Barbie, is the only movie in active release on this list. It's at $323.1 million in fifth place. The Little Mermaid's in sixth place. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania sits at seventh. John Wick Chapter 4 is in eighth. Sound of Freedom is in ninth. And Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is in tenth place. This is the top 10 this year at the international box office. So this is all markets excluding US and Canada. Barbie is number one around the world with $803.2 million, followed by the Super Mario Brothers movie. You can see just how close those films were outside of the domestic marketplace at $786.2 million. Then we have Full River Red from China, Oppenheimer in fourth place at $616 million, The Wandering Earth 2 in fifth place, Fast X in sixth place, China's No More Bets in seventh place, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in 8th, Lost in the Stars in ninth, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in 10th place. So when you combine the international yearly box office and the domestic yearly box office, we get our 2023 worldwide box office. And again, there's no change from last week. Barbie sits on top at $1.437 billion, ahead of the Super Mario Brothers movie at $1.361 billion. I don't know if Oppenheimer is going to be able to crack that billion dollar mark, but if you told me 
four months ago that it was going to make $939 million worldwide. I think you probably could have knocked me over with a feather. I am shocked that the movie did as well as it did, although I'm actually also delighted that it did that well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is in fourth place at $845.5 million, and Fast X is in fifth place at $714 million. Then we have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Full River Red, The Wandering Earth 2, The Little Mermaid, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Before we wrap up, I'd like to take a look, as always, at a weekend in box office history, and we are going back to the weekend of October 4th through the 6th, 1985, which you could argue, perhaps is one of the most 80s weekends of the 80s. First of all, debuting in first place was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando at $7.7 million. I think personally that Commando is Arnold's best bad movie in the same way that I think that Over the Top is Sylvester Stallone's best bad movie. Arnold made movies that were way better than Commando, but as far as bad ones go, I think that's number one. In second place was Jagged Edge. Glenn Close defends Jeff Bridges, who's accused of murder. The writer of that film was Joe Esterhaz, who would go on to script Basic Instinct and Showgirls, among others. In third place is a Jane Fonda movie, a very familiar face of the 80s, called Agnes of God, about a nun who has a baby that she claims was immaculately conceived. That film was directed by Norman Jewison and earned Oscar nominations for Anne Bancroft and Meg Tilly. Then in fourth place, we have Chuck Norris, who both starred in and co co-wrote the film Invasion USA about a character played by, of course, Chuck Norris, who takes on an army of Soviet guerrillas who invade South Florida. This is one of the films in the canon canon produced by Golan Globus. And then in fifth place, we have Back to the Future, one of the most iconic movies of the 1980s in its 14th week of release, a $3.3 million weekend total. It had made up to that point $159.5 million domestically. Also, I should note that number six, Six on that chart was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and number seven was another Michael J. Fox movie, Teen Wolf. If you went back in time and saw all of these movies in a theater in the 1980s, I think you could probably get a pretty all-encompassing experience of what it was like to be a movie fan in the 80s. Of course, we also don't just let those numbers sit there. We like to put them in a little bit of historical context by hitting that inflation button. And so when we adjust these weekend numbers for inflation, we see that Commando opened to an adjusted total of $21.9 million on its way to a domestic final of just over $100 million. Jagged Edge brought in $11.6 million in its opening weekend for a domestic total of $115.5 million. And first of all, I mean, just on those two movies, look at the legs those movies had. We're talking five. 5X, 8X, 10X legs or better, you don't see that. Usually here on this show, when we're talking about legs, if a movie does three times its opening weekend, that's great. When it gets to five or eight or 10 times, like that's a phenomenon. It's crazy how much the theatrical market has changed in the last few decades. Agnes of God opened to an adjusted total of $10.1 million with a final domestic total of $73.1 million. Invasion USA opened to an adjusted $9.9 million on its way to a $50 million adjusted domestic total, and Back to the Future opened to an adjusted total of $9.6 million for a domestic gross to that point of $455.1 million and a final domestic adjusted total of $600.9 million. What a phenomenon that movie was. 
And that wraps it up for a, at least by the standards of this show, short and sweet charts with Dan. I will be back next week to recap everything with the opening of the Eras Tour and Taylor Swift. Will it get that vaunted $100 million opening that many have been projected? Will it fall short? Regardless of what happens, it is likely to set marks that no concert movie has ever set before. Just to put things in context, and we looked at this chart a few weeks ago, these are the highest grossing concert films ever domestically. This is is not opening weekend. This is final domestic gross led by Justin Bieber, Never Say Never at $73 million. Michael Jackson's This Is It at $72 million. Hannah Montana, Best of Both Worlds at $65.2 million. One Direction, This Is Us at $28.8 million. And Katy Perry, Part of Me at $25.3 million. Even if Taylor Swift misses that $100 million opening weekend coming up on Friday, I think that it is probable that she is going to have the highest grossing concert film of all time domestically after the first three days of release. I think that she is very likely going to have an opening weekend higher than the final domestic gross of any other concert film ever released domestically. So we will keep track of those numbers and of the new records that might be set and what the box office looks like. Of course, stay tuned right here on the channel. I will be sharing my own personal experience with checking out the Taylor Swift movie. I'm told that I should be bringing some friendship bracelets. I don't know. This is going to be something new for me. I, I'm just, I really am going for the experience. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, movie news, reviews, and everything else you know that I do here on the channel. Thank you so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.